Movies and Movies. It took two hours for me to get over my fangirl freak out. Maddie had gone through the standard celebrity training, four days at a track in the high desert north of L.A. But she wanted more instruction, feedback, and support. Since then, we'd met at different go-kart facilities to work on breaking points and lines, and I'd prepped her as well as I could for driving the Long Beach track. But nothing compared to being out on the pavement, and part of my job was to help her make sense of her impressions. I watched her handle the crush of fans and media, marveling that she didn't ignore anyone. I understood firsthand how a crowd of media and fans could press in on a person, and I'd only endured it briefly at a racetrack. Away from the track, I was virtually invisible. But everyone recognized Maddie, and she still handled the attention graciously, replying to greetings, smiling at photo-takers, and accommodating everyone who asked for a signature. She'd told me, when we met, that she knew her success was due to her fans, so she always gave them and the media time. When she finally broke free from the reporters, we ducked into the office trailer, nodding to three staff members huddled over laptops at the far end of the room. Maddie leaned against a desk inside the door, draining the contents of a water bottle. She was 33, with a slender build, an expressive face, and bouncy, wavy auburn hair half the world coveted. I eyed the flush in her cheeks. How was it? Nearly as much fun as sex. I laughed. Did anything trip you up? Was the track what you expected? Since the Long Beach Grand Prix track was comprised of city streets, which had to be closed to traffic, it was only available during media day and the race weekend. The stands, barricades, and fencing lining the course would remain, but the walls shutting down public roads would be moved aside any minute now to be set in place again a week from Thursday when the race weekend began. Today's two sessions, both follow-alongs, single file behind an instructor, were the first time the celebrity competitors had seen the racing surface. You'd warned me, she said, but the walls were still closer after turns five and eight than I expected. The concrete walls brought in to define the temporary circuit were big and unforgiving, and to ring the most speed out of a car, we ran right next to them. More than one reporter during the day's lapse had flinched at their proximity. We talked corners for a few minutes until I saw Maddie shiver. You need to get changed before you catch a chill. Keep thinking about the track and draw your racing line on the track map I gave you. You're still coming to the party this evening, Maddie asked. And the studio tomorrow? Penny has a car arranged for tonight. She does, but I don't need the car and driver. I drive for a living. It's easier. You can drink what you like, enjoy yourself, and not be unsafe driving home. Plus... Parking in the hills is a bitch. She put a hand on my arm. For all your helping me, it's the least I can do. Besides, this way I won't worry about you. I gave in. What do I wear tonight? I've never been to a party in Hollywood.
Anything you want, Kate. You'll see ripped jeans and sequins, sometimes on the same person. She smiled. I'll see you later. I followed her out of the trailer and watched her purposeful stride through the fenced area, her ever-present personal assistant, Penny, next to her. The fenced-off parking lot was rapidly draining of vehicles as the celebrity race staff took the Toyotas back to their staging area. My work was done. I collected my belongings from the lone IndyCar trailer, waving at one of the IndyCar series executives as he passed. I also nodded at a member of the Grand Prix organization, then stopped when she spoke to me. Thanks again for giving the press a thrill, Kate. You bet. I shook her hand. You're Erica? Erica Ahrens. Your team media guy, Tom, said you'd let me set up some interviews while you're in L.A. for the next week. If that's all right, I'll make a plan.